0: Welcome
1: to episode 124 of the Mock Podcast, a member of the Odd Pods Media Network. Listen in as we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. I'm Tina Hadamio And
0: I'm Hillary Dougherty <gasps> <laughs> We're on Zoom. It's so weird to <laughs> look at myself. Hi, hi. I know. We're
1: like <laughs> in, um, it's like, yeah. party. well, I have my Ginsburg shirt on, yeah. but um, I have like little cute like pajama shorts on. Underneath. Me too.
0: I'm wearing I'm wearing a, <laughs> a very nice red like um what's it called? A business um, on top, party yeah, on the bottom. sweatpants on the bottom because why? Why are we sitting here? Yeah. Not we are, we have not been uh, put on house arrest because our behavior and the on we didn't go arrest people last week as angry as we were. I but know. my children got covid, which is so fucking insane. I can't tell you. I thought for sure like we were going to make it and not you know, be one of those people who get COVID, right? But it's not, it's like everybody at some point is going to have it. Yeah. Um,
1: uh, Our EP always says that he's like, everyone is going to have it. It's a matter of time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, they tested positive on Mother's Day on the in the afternoon, which is fun. And then uh, I have not tested positive, which is like a fucking miracle. Yeah, especially because we have um our gala this Saturday coming yes. up for Dolphins <laughs> for Dolphin Dems which we worked really hard on we were just saying like you said we got to do zoom because I just got to make it to the gala I'm like yeah, yeah I, me too like I just want to get into the gala and yes gala. although the following week I go see Phoebe Bridgers and so like the 25th so I can't oh, remember like, she started her tour last night in Las Vegas and I was looking at pictures and I was thinking to myself and I see them all wearing masks backstage. I'm like, please, God, just Phoebe, get her to Florida. Just I get her to it. fucking Florida. I do not want this show canceled. <laughs> like I need to see her. So here we are. But I appreciate you doing this. I'm sorry. It's no, weird. fine. I, I always feel like the audio really sucks this way. But what are we going to do? I mean, yeah, listeners
1: just, you know, deal, deal, deal with one episode. We'll be yeah. back to normal next week. It's only one week. It's only one week.
0: So um, what's going on? You got anything on your list? I have a couple of things. I have a couple of things. One. Um, well,
1: I, I do. I have a couple of things. So one thing is um, our ratings and reviews and things like that. So I would love to um, have you guys go on and rate the podcast, especially because there's a person in my life who deliberately put a one star review on, uh, Apple podcast. Yeah. I mean, I won't go into details who I'll tell you off the air, Okay, but, um, it's just disappointing, um, that people want to be petty and people think that like, you know, I won't know, but I do. Mm. And so, um, if you could just help us out because those reviews are important and, you know, if it was a legitimate one-star review from someone who actually listened to the podcast and didn't just want to be mean to me, Yeah, that would be a different thing. So if we could counter that one review with um, your reviews, if you haven't been able to do that, that would be
0: awesome. Yes. And also I wanted to talk about Patreon because last week when we were done recording that abortion episode, we recorded. So it depends on how many weeks or in the month, but usually twice a month, you will get a recording from us on Patreon. If you are one of our um, uh, you know, subscribers on there and yes. you give us money every week, like beautiful people that you are, <laughs> and uh, we support, support the cause. Yeah, and somehow the questions always turn like it's always like, oh, here's a random question, but they somehow turn into like other things are talked about, and it's a it's a way to like get to know us better, and it's really not that much money a month. I think five mm-hmm. to ten dollars a month gets you the recordings at least one or two of the recordings so yes please check out the patreon as well right i I agree i feel like
1: um we're a little revealing sometimes more revealing than we can maybe be on the regular pod and sometimes they're silly sometimes they're very serious and
0: we think you would like them yeah i I think people would like them i don't know I don't know. Um, okay, so I have a couple of things. First, I talked to you about this off the air, but I kind of wanted to see what people thought about it, is having um, our listeners donate to an abortion fund somewhere yes. either locally, um, or we could give you recommendations if you're in Florida, especially in Broward. There's one, the Broward Women's Emergency Fund is called BWEF. Um, they are incredible organization. They not only help women here, they help women come into the state. Cause believe it or not, Florida was a bit of a sanctuary state for abortion. Um, up until this recent, we'll see what happens after this le- this recent bill that got signed. But, um, Uh, So anyway, we had an idea to like you give a donation to one of these local abortion organizations and that helps women and um, send us your like receipt that you did it and that we would have you sit in on a recording with us. So uh, if it's if it's. Uh you're, yeah, or you're you're not in Broward, then it could be on a Zoom, or if you're in Broward, you can come to my house. Yes. <laughs> Latina's and like, no weirdos. And I'm like, stuff, yeah, I don't I yeah. hashtag no weirdos. I'm like, how do we do that? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so we'll figure it out. Maybe it'll we'll be somebody it we know. We'll I don't know. Yeah. But um, you get to sit in on a recording with us and um be a part of the podcast. But we really, really, really want to make sure people are helping women and donating to these organizations because they yeah. are definitely. And I, I
1: would love to. to even do I don't know if we can even like show like this many people donated this much money was like, you know, um, yeah. donated to the cause. Um, yeah. It's just so important right now that that we do this. I mean, I wanted to talk about thank God it got struck down, but that Louisiana bill mm. um, that was going to criminalize yeah. abortion and make it murder, and and we talked about it last week. These bills are not going to go away. Yeah. Um, The one I talked about last week was Texas. This is Louisiana. We're going to keep seeing it pop up until women are criminalized. Yeah. It's It's surprising surprising
0: that that one in in Louisiana, Louisiana got struck down because that governor is a Democrat, but he's a, you know, old school dem. He actually signed a pretty bad abortion bill last session in Louisiana that was like. A Texas bill, almost. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm
1: sick of these pro-life Democrats. I mean, Ooh, I'm girl. really, and I know that you had talked about like I'm leaving the party. I'm, I'm definitely like the progressive wing of the party, and I feel like the progressive wing of the party needs to be the party. Like it's enough. It's yeah. enough.
0: And I've actually seen yeah. in the last week, I've seen more and more people actually saying why the fuck has this never been codified? Like we talked about on the podcast last week. And I saw a great clip, which I shared. I think you saw it on my Facebook of Kyle Kalinsky. Um, a friend of mine shared that with me and it's everything we talked about on the podcast, but he actually laid out how Carter, like right after this, Carter had a supermajority his first two years. Obama had a super for two years. Yeah. He, you know, Biden, opportunity Clinton, there. Clinton. Op- yeah. You know,
1: but, like, but everyone's afraid of their own, seats, right? It's that ego is getting in the way and they're worried about their own seats or maybe maybe it does go to a a Republican one year. Maybe they personally lose their seat and it goes to another dem. Oh, well, yeah, your work is to work for the constituents and also not to keep you in a seat for your entire life. Yeah. And And that's why this, that mansion drives me crazy because I feel like West Virginia can do better. I feel like they can do better than this guy.
0: Yeah. And Nancy Pelosi is so funny because in that clip that I shared, she was on Face the Nation, and I watched that clip over and over and over again. And first of all, and I and I I can't stress this enough: the older generation that has held on to power in this party for far too long. And I'm talking about in a Biden. Both parties. I'm talking, yeah, I'm talking about a Biden. I'm talking about uh, you know um, Feinstein. I'm talking about oh, Pelosi. Okay. They have refused, refused to hand over power or pass the baton to the next generation of people. And what we have seen is their old way of doing politics that where Democrats have failed for the last 30 to 40 years. They're continuing to think that that's the way that's why she supports pro-life Democrats, because that's the way they've always done it. And she says in that clip, which I will have to share on our face on our everywhere that we have social media. But she says in the clip You know, she wants to talk to Republicans and try to get them to be pro-choice instead of just being like, we need to fight against them. She goes, she says the Republican Party has changed. They've changed their way of thinking. And I thought to myself, that's right, they did. And then they started winning. Yes. Right? Then they started winning. We're still doing it the old way. And that's why we lose. Because you think you're going to be friends with people and you're fucking not. So their lack of like moving forward with the party. And not accepting bullshit candidates and bullshit people who are like, well, I'm a Democrat, but I'm pro-life. Actually, you're not. Mm -hmm. Because it's one of the fucking pillars of this party is to protect women's rights. On every fucking level, local, state, federal level, the Democratic Party is protecting women's rights. So if you aren't, that's not part of your fucking thing. You can't say you're a Democrat. And you certainly, as a leader in this party, cannot fucking support a candidate who fucking says that. Because that's not, that is a pillar. And it by the way, it's supposed to be kind of fucking important. It's actually supposed to be something that's a fucking, not an exception to the rule. Like it is the fucking right. rule that you right. support women's rights. Period. We don't take an exception to that. We're not talking about like climate change or gun control, which, you know, we could talk about regulations and this and that. This is not a fucking up for debate for me. And no. so, you know, I was thinking about when you said, yeah. changing my, my party affiliation. Yeah. I was thinking about this yesterday and I started to cry on my way to work. Thinking about this is I have been a Democrat for as long as I can fucking remember. I remember my grandfather, who's the only grandparent I ever fucking knew my mom's father lived down the block from us. He'd come over. We'd see him all the time, but on Sundays he'd sit with my mother and they'd read the paper and I would sit next to them. And I just wanted to be a part of it. Like, they talked about politics. They talked about being Democrats and what that meant to them. And it was something that I wanted to be a part of. Being a Democrat was a, like part of who I have been in. It's been ingrained in me my entire fucking life. I'll never, like, even like uh, in my bio for the podcast, like first voted for uh, Dukakis in fourth grade. Like It is a fucking thing for me. So to, and I, and I remember how, like my grandmother uh, worked on the Kennedy campaign in Connecticut. Like this is a part of who my family is. So for me to say, i'm leaving the party i want that to be very clear that this is huge for me for me to say i am going to change my party affiliation i'm not just some random fucking voter like this is a lifelong fucking commit for 26 years i have been voting for democrats and i am tired like how long are we supposed to just put up with this fucking horseshit? and i put posts up about it all the time like hey we all need to look at the party and i get maybe one or two likes because yeah. people don't really want to look at themselves and say, well, why are we losing? And st- they, they love to point at the boogeyman of the Republican Party. And right. actually, that's not the case. Democrats have failed you because they don't know how to fight in politics at all. They don't know how to do this. So why oh. are we still rewarding them with votes and with money? Elections. It's like, yeah, no, it's bullshit? true.
1: It's true. And and to go back to your point, if you want to be. You know, in your own personal life, pro-life, and you don't want to have an abortion, then don't have an abortion. Right. But and I really don't like that they have co-opted this pro-life because being pro-choice, you know, that um, doesn't somehow mean that you're for. You know, they 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 they, they uh, paint us as murderers and monsters, yeah. and it's ridiculous. Yeah, because we're actually the ones that are are pro-life because we're about thinking about the health of the mother thinking about the mental well-being mm. of women we're for safeguarding programs that help women who do choose to have a baby yeah you're not for any of that no they're no. not for any of that and then I, oh. I read a post the other day about you want to be so pro-life but at the start of the pandemic someone wrote a po- post and i was like oh shit, that's right at the start of the pandemic to keep the economy going old people could die, right? right. (laughs) We're not going to life for them. Yeah, And they're pro-death penalty and they're pro-guns and they don't give a shit about little babies at Sandy Hook who got killed. Mm. But, you know, hey, a fetus.
0: Yeah. Well, the new thing this week is, the new thing this week, which is fucking ironic beyond, it's irony beyond irony is that we are have there's a shortage of baby formula in this country. Oh my god! A shortage no, it's of baby formula, Tina. It's terrible. It's fucking awful. And it's like, <sighs> do you all not see like the like the writing on the fucking wall? Like this is not a thing. And the and guess what? The worst part is Fox News. One of their talking points and the Republican can't p- electives have picked up on it and have repeated it is. That the babies at the border in the detention center. Oh, are using getting all the formula. formula. So okay. immigrant babies, we shouldn't be giving the formula. We should be giving yes. that formula to Americans. Yeah, let the immigrants you know, die. They can die. die. Yeah. Those kids that are not white, they can fucking die at the border. It's so Fuck them. gross. So, and they're pro-life, right? And not to mention.
1: A pro-baby. The, the reason why all of this is happening is because it's tied to the stock market and money, right? Because everything in our country is tied to uh, the New York stock Ex- exchange.
0: Yeah. And it's
1: ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like our pension, like in the state of Florida, our pension is tied mm. to stocks, you know, like we are in this, this capitalistic regime needs to end.
0: Yeah. So they did a, it's,
1: it's causing all this bullshit the- everywhere and people don't see it. And no. then they want to talk about immig- immigrants at the border.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, it's, it's a, which, it's a, it's a, which, which like the guy who we talked about last week, there's a, a poor girl who's been raped. She's gotta have that baby, but fuck her, she can't have formula. Come on.
0: Yes, yeah. Ps <laughs> I was wondering about that woman. Do you do you think that she was raped by somebody in the, we probably don't know, but I wondered if she was assaulted by somebody who worked in the facility? Like that's the thing that happens too. You know, yeah. when I have protecting them those facilities, like who knows? Um, mm. the thing that I wanted to talk about too, or just bring up was um god damn it tina i completely forgot <laughs> oh jesus it's in my notes they the senate failed to pass they could have blocked roe v wade or like protected women yeah. and they didn't pass the women protection act yeah so mansion didn't vote for Manchin, it and, yeah. um all those senators like uh the women they're senators. on the
1: record i mean so what
0: yeah. I mean, you know what, like, I mean? Att- that's what I mean? But they wouldn't saying. have been able even with or without Manchin because of the yeah. stupid filibuster. Dems, Dems, that's so the Dem spins was. I was on Twitter and I saw every single Democratic U.S. Senator being like, I'm going to vote uh, for the Women's Protection Act today. Pay attention to who doesn't vote yeah. for it. That's what you saw over and over again. I'm yeah. like, what is yeah. that? Is that like, we know who's going to vote we no. <laughs> we know who's going to vote no. But here's the but, thing. It's a Hail Mary pass 40 years in the making. Yeah. You've had 40 fucking years. To, to codify this and to protect women. You're trying at the last minute. It's so pathetic and it's sad stupid, and fucked up. And stupid. think about the fucking, the, 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 the image of this Tina. Roe v. Wade is going to be overturned with a Democrat in the White House yes. and a full Democratic Congress. Think about the way that looks and how fucking insane that is. And I keep reading that Biden can sign a fucking executive order, an executive order, Protecting women and fucking ending this. He has not even said he will do that. What we have to, I know, we have to wait and
1: see, right? That Trump was writing
0: executive orders every time he fucking. Turned oh my around.
1: god! Every, yeah, every time you turn around, it's so ridiculous. So I can't <sighs> even take it. And then the other thing that um, upset me, and just shifting gears a little bit um, to the wonderful state of Florida, mm. was um, those Nazi flags. flying outside of disney world and instead of having a governor that would condemn that um all he had to say was "The, the, the democrats are trying to smear me the democrats you know like he twists every he does not care about people in this state he doesn't care he aligns himself with the Proud Boys and all of these disgusting people, yeah. but everyone wants to say how great he is.
0: Yeah, They're flying It gets worse. Flags. It's like
1: every day when we think it can't get any worse, it keeps getting worse.
0: They're flying those flags next to DeSantis flags. Like if you yes. see those big trucks going down the street with all the flags, you'll see a DeSantis flag, a Trump flag, Nazi flags, Proud yeah. Boys flags, like you will see all of those flags alongside those. Now, there was a time, when uh, electeds in this country would distance themselves from Nazis. Like, this is yeah. fucking outrageous. It's outrageous.
1: Because that party is just the party of, of, of propaganda. And, and, you know, it's like they are, we have an American, we've said it before, but it's an American Taliban. That's what we have. That's who these people are. Yeah.
0: And they've never had that That's sort of are. footing. You know what I mean? But as soon as you give them a little bit of space, like Trump did, a little bit of validity... Oh. They of fucking course. kicked that door open, and now they're because all they, over the fucking.
1: Because place. because they want power. Yeah, and then you have that that jerk off Elon Musk. Yeah. Who is you know buying Twitter, yeah. and <clears throat> I know it's on hold now. Um, did you see Snoop Dogg was like, maybe I should buy. Yes, Twitter. I was like, yelling. Hey, Snoop, Snoop, my God! I will I will, I will so donate much. money to help <laughs> Snoop Dogg buy Twitter. Like if everybody gave a dollar, we La-la-la-la-la. can buy. Twitter.
0: oh my (laughs) (laughs) god i'm fucking here for it
1: but but when he 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 said he said like everyone said he's going to give trump that power back he's going to give trump and what is he going to do he said it
0: what did we say what was the number was alex jones
1: all of these people who are inciting violence and until someone gets killed yeah right well they'll and and they'll spend it no he's going to be in his rocket ship off to the moon he doesn't you know what i mean they're
0: going to go live on mars but what was yeah. the thing? I think when Trump- They finally need to leave got- now. Like, please go. Yeah, just get out. The his hell out. Fucking, like a plastic face. What's going his face?
1: I um, don't know, but he needs to get out. Nobody likes him. Yeah. And that's what it is. Listen, He's, I'm he very very is like sorry a bruised- about your dick.
0: I'm very yeah, sorry about it.
1: Bruised, bruised little man.
0: Yeah. Ugh. Um. What was the thing? After Trump finally got banned on Twitter, the misinformation percentage went down like 82%. It was some yeah. crazy thing. Cause he would tweet something and then like, Hundreds of millions of people would retweet it. And it was all terrible misinformation. Like 82% it's, 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 from it's, 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 one person being it. banned on Twitter, 82%. Dude, that's incredible. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. But
1: oh my God. Elon Musk is aligned with that bullshit.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: all right. Well, the, are we ready? The last
0: thing I want to say yeah. is that. um, Oh, I told you this, that my friend Josh might come down. <gasps> today. I'm so fucking stoked. That is going to be amazing. Yeah, and he listens to the podcast. So I know he's speaking <gasps> June and I'm like, let's go, yes. bitch. Let's go. Let's I'm so do excited. It. Yeah. So hopefully so Josh excited. will come in because I want him to be able to sit in with us and yes. uh, with the podcast.
1: Oh, that'd All so right. Awesome.
0: I'm ready. Your first, yes?
1: <gasps> All right. I am. ready are 1st yes right. Today... Hmm. I'm going to tell you the story of the unsolved murder of Ben Lewis. Okay. Do you know this?
0: I don't, but, you know, murder at 8 a.m. is always fun. Thank you. Thank you.
1: All right. Alderman Ben Lewis was a rising star in Chicago political circles, but when he's found dead in his office, it becomes a decades-long mystery that remains unsolved today. Mm. So our story takes place in one of your favorite places, Chicago, Chi-town, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Windy city. <laughs> I just
1: I want to just take a moment to say hi to our friend and our patron, Adam. Yay! We miss you, oh Adam, Adam. hmm So as I noted, um, Lewis was this up-and-coming politician. He was the first Black man to be elected to the 24th Ward in Chicago in 1958. And according to Lewis's uh, Wiki page, um, there's a little bit more history that they kind of offer coming from various newspapers in the Chicago Tribune that he was born in Georgia, but he moved to Chicago as like a very young child. And he lived on the west side of Chicago. And that's he pretty much grew up there. And after graduating high school and then junior college, he worked as a clerk for the U.S. Unemployment Service for about three years he served in World War II. Then he moved back to Chicago into the 24th war, uh, Ward after the war. He worked as a driver for the Chicago Transit Authority until 1955. And in the 1940s, the ward consisted of many Jewish families, um, but then it became a pr- primarily Black community. However, the aldermen were still white and often Jewish, and they mm. didn't want to give up those positions of power right they want to have that hold um and the ward and those like it they became known as what's called plantation wards
0: oh my god
1: you know um a lot of black communities but the people at the top um aren't representing and don't look like the people that live there right and folks like lewis fought to have representation so he becomes a precinct captain in 1952 and that wiki page notes that, and I saw this several places that he was known for the way that he dressed and they said his brash fashion and quick witted personality. So he always had like very sharp, very nice suits. Um, and that was just a thing that a lot of articles noted. So I wanted to be sure to note that that was like part of his personality. And a New York Times article noted that he was given the nickname, the Duke. And the Chicago Tribune um, noted he was also called Big Cat and the Duke of Dixieland.
0: Oh my God! And
1: eventually, he runs and wins the alderman seat, and he takes office in 1958. And a New York Times article from the time noted that Lewis said of his ward, like talking about his ward, of all the wards, had the highest unemployment rate, and um, the article went so far to call it uh, the squalid. 24th ward, suggesting like a level of poverty and neglect. Mm, And he was known, um, I guess, because of this for his child welfare work, because a lot of gangs were cropping up and things like that. And so he prompted like other precinct captains in the area to do all that they could to help the youth community in the ward, like things like raising money for summer camps and raising money for athletic uniforms and for athletic programs to give these kids things to do so that they're not Being pushed towards gang activity.
0: That's awesome. And
1: some issues that he faced um, really came back to the plantation politics. Mm. So while you know he's the first black man elected, he's still working a lot with other white um, folks who are still representing those black districts. And even though he had promised, like, I want to bring more black people into different positions throughout the city, it wasn't easy. It's not like he could just do it, you know, like he had to kind of play this game. um, So that was, you know, a challenge for him. And some people even believe that Lewis was deliberately tapped for that seat, uh, for that alderman position, because he could work with the white Jewish leaders in charge. Mm. So the white Jewish leaders saw him as someone that they could work with. So they were like, okay, well, we can let this guy Kind of okay. The seat, yeah.
0: Um,
1: and especially because some of the reports noted that he grew up um, as one of the few blacks in a predominantly Jewish community, so he knew that community well. And some say that he could even speak Yiddish, like he wow. just. Kind of grew up, um And he said that he faced like discrimination and certain things, but at the same time, he also kind of grew up with some of these people. So, after serving as alderman and winning reelection, his next move was to run for a US Congress seat in 1963. Wow. So, some other details um, an ABC7 article notes that while Lewis made $8,000 a year, which believe it or not is about $75,000 today, oh um, he may have been overspending. So, I saw a couple of these articles. But I do want to say I'm I'm taking this with a little bit of a grain of salt because there's some sort of issue with his reputation and that it could be that white newspapers and white police Mm. officers and people in the community who may have been involved in what happened, try to kind of paint Lewis in a negative light. Mm. So I'm going to say like some of the things that were reported, but I really want to note that like there is there are some articles that are like. Mm yeah this may not have really been what they were promoting at the time and when you have white people in charge like they can kind of control the narrative yeah so There was a historian and an author, Richard Lindbergh, who noted that while he had that decent salary for the time, he was living supposedly um, a high end lifestyle. And um, it said that he was vacationing in Acapulco quite quite frequently and he was living well beyond his means. Oh boy. He had like supposedly like his suits were custom made and he had nice cars and things that maybe like, yeah, he's the Duke, you know, (laughs) that maybe like it didn't really line up with what he was making. Uh But still Alderman uh, Reginald Coates remembered Lewis as someone who worked really hard to support his family and was a loyal party member. And uh, but then there was an officer at the time in Chicago, Shea O'Malley, um, that Irish, (laughs) that Irish officer. He thought he you know, he's one of these people that paints Lewis in a negative way. And he said to Mark Rica of the Chicago Daily News at the time that Lewis was a, quote, skirt chaser, again, a lot of the articles note that there may have been some police involvement in what happened to Lewis. No. So these officers are saying negative things about Lewis. I'm kind of like, ah. so. However, I did find a Chicago Tribune article from the time that noted that six women did come forward saying that they had had affairs with Lewis hmm. and that he gave them money and they were he was buying them clothes and all of that. So. You I know? mean, why, no. why is that a no. thing?
0: Because of the time, and like it's not appropriate. Yeah, I mean, that kind yeah, well, of yeah like it's that like in the
1: fifties, and yeah. you know, and I yeah, back then, like you know, which it's like uh, men have done this from the dawn of time. That's what I mean. Like, office. how is this newsworthy? Like, you know, it's not. But back yeah. then, maybe they're trying to paint his character. Again. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to make him maybe look bad. All right, so I'm going to kind of just jump into I what happened know. to this. So after winning a reelection for that alderman seat in what ABC seven reported as a landslide, Mm. just two days after um, he announces his congressional run tragedy strikes. So Lewis was working in his ward office at night in the winter of 1973, where he's shot and killed. So this is what we know. And I just want to say a trigger warning because the content is a bit graphic. Mm. Um, A janitor found Lewis and he was manacled to his office chair, meaning he was handcuffed. Um, to the chair um, or tied to the seat in some way. Three shots to the head were taken. And the ABC seven article uh, noted that the police said that it was clear that the gun, a 38 caliber was pressed against his head. So it was like a direct on. shot.
0: This is crazy.
1: And they also indicated that he was tortured as there were cigarette burns on his no. arm. And a pro Publica article noted that a bloodstained couch cushion covered his head. So, in, and I'm not going to post these pictures because they're graphic, but in some of the images, like um, from the police photos, like he's kind of face down, like attached to the chair and the pillows on the side. So it was like the pillow was like covering him. Mm mm-hmm. Um when they found him.
0: So can I ask you a question? Was Buddy Syancy one of the suspects? D E D dead.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> burning that, him with right? the cigarettes. <laughs> oh my god, oh I love my that. God, yeah, Sorry. It's like a mob thing, right? I don't mean to interrupt which I which we'll see, which we'll see yeah. that there may have been a little bit of a mob thing happening. Ooh. So there was a little blood found at the scene, but there were some blood stains like leading Down the stairs, Mm -hmm. which suggested that the killers probably came in through the back door and then left that same uh, day uh, or same way, rather. And he was found to have a small amount of alcohol Mm -hmm. um, in his newspaper um which they found strange because a newspaper at the time reported quote police have been unable to find any person who had seen him take a drink even in celebration of election victories so he was someone that didn't drink at all so some people thought that uh, quote lewis may have shared his first and last drink with his killer where they're like drink up buddy like
0: oh this is gonna happen oh, you know shit.
1: yeah i mean how scary yeah so so scary and another thing that i found that was incredibly sad." his uh, it is coming from like his wife's perspective of what happened. And she noticed that she woke up the next morning and she noticed that he didn't come home the night before. Mm. And she said to the tribune, quote, his shoes, which he always left outside the door of his bedroom were not in the usual place. So she calls the office to see if he's there and a police officer. Oh my God. And she's like, is he there? And he's like, it's not good.
0: Mm. And she's like, what happened?
1: And he was shot. And she's like, is he dead? Yes. And so, mm. like, he learns, like, that he's been killed. So, I mean, there's no charges. There's no sentencing, nothing like that, because it, this still remains unsolved today. And some of the aftermath, Fred Mitchell, who was a precinct captain at the time, he heard about the murder. And when he was asking, like, people, like, what happened? The person that he talked to said, quote, the syndicate killed him, which is the mob. Oh, so, shit. Yeah. And at one point, an FBI informant claimed members of the Jewish mafia, um, this guy Lenny Patrick and Dave Yaris, who oversaw gambling in the 24th Ward, mm. uh, may have been involved. Uh, ProPublica noted details of the tip, quote, informant further stated that Leonard Patrick and David Yaris control the ward in which Alderman Ben Lewis was slain. Mm. Source heard that Alderman Lewis, before his assassination, was not cooperating with the criminal element. In Chicago. So the mob was um, you know, like, hey, like we're running this. Yeah. And you gotta kick him. To kick back. To yeah. And he's not going along with it. And so like they may have taken him out. Oh man. But nothing really ever comes of that tip. And Patrick, years later, like decades later, because uh, he's like this mob boss, ends up in jail for other murders and other like. Things that he committed over the years and in the and this is like in the 1990s he has a cellmate this guy daniel longoria who claimed to have had a conversation with patrick where he claimed that patrick told him that he got a cop to kill lewis because lewis was conducting unauthorized horse racing out of his office so he's taking he's doing this other gambling racket allegedly out of his office and, you know, the mob is like, dude, I need to wet my beak. You, I, I run gambling now. You're running gambling. That doesn't happen, right? Yeah. So, but the issue with this tip is that some of the details of how Lewis was killed did not match up with mm-hmm. what the police knew. So they're like, is this a bullshit tip? So they couldn't really like uh, it didn't really hold water, you know. Mm-hmm. So some other suspects was Thomas Shaky Tom Anderson and Jimmy Kid Rivera Williams, who were uh, part of the policy racket. Uh, end of the mob and both of them were questioned they were both given lie detectors and this happened at a time where when someone was given a lie detector and they passed they're like okay you're cleared where today we know like they don't even hold up in court anymore they still use them to try to like gauge some things and get some info but 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 back then it was sort of considered as a valid thing so they let them go all right historian Lindbergh Had this to say, this kind of treachery was nothing new to Chicago, but the Ben Lewis murder kind of capped off an open lawlessness in the city with regards to its politicians that have been going on really since the time of Al Capone. Of course, with Chicago gangland history as it is, there were no arrests, there were no immediate suspects, and the case went cold. It was one of 1,000 unsolved murders that was attributed to organized crime.
0: Wow. So,
1: you know, that's kind of where they were leaning with it. And other theories, and this was from ProPublica, uh, that there was disputes over illegal gambling. And some thought that it could have been um, issues with Lewis's challenge to the plantation politics that were happening. Mm. So they really, again, don't know, but they know that there's something kind of mob, right. some, like leadership related, perhaps. Um, the New York Times reported that 5000 people showed up for Lewis's funeral um, where the remaining black aldermen served as pallbearers. And the mayor noted that Lewis, quote, gave everything he had to his constituents. It's awful. So some points of interest. One thing I found interesting is that he was allegedly on the phone the night of the murder and the phone call ended abruptly. So the man he was speaking to was a police officer named James Gilbert. And Gilbert said that he heard something and then the phone call just stopped and he never called back. So some people wonder, like, did Gilbert call Lewis? Like, hey, I'm going to make sure he's in that office. That's right. Yes. yes. Or did Lewis call or did, did he call Lewis to be like, yo, you better get the hell out. Like something's going down. Ooh. Or was it just an innocent phone call? Like nobody knows. But it's just kind of odd that like, yeah, at that moment. And then why don't you call back? Yeah. Because if something like that and you're a cop, you would be yeah. like,
0: what the hell happened? To be suspicious right? of everything. Right. Of
1: course. I don't know. And then some people argued, so JFK's assassination happens like months after this, and then boom, that's the news everywhere, right? And so all of that news, some people say that kind of like took away from his murder because like now everyone's consumed with this story. And sometimes like if you're not in the media, if the press isn't talking about it, like it kind of goes away.
0: Yeah.
1: His case file is still open today.
0: Wow. And he
1: is the last political figure to be murdered in Chicago.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. Which I thought was interesting too. Um, some people felt that this was a message to, uh, black political leaders showing what would happen if you don't yield to white politicians in charge, which kind of sucks. Yeah. And then, um, I want to just talk about that smear campaign. Uh, ProPublica brings up some interesting info. Um, So I noted earlier that there are two sort of different versions happening at the time of Lewis's murder. We have we have um, the the people who were sort of pro-Lewis talking about his advocacy and the work for the ward. And then we have the other that showed him as this guy living above his means and chasing women. And police allegedly were leaking information that attacked Lewis's reputation and credibility. So we have to think, like, why would they do this? And we know that a lot of times the mob is kind of linked up with some, you know, police, right? That that's not like an uncommon thing that there are alliances there. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense that they would then try to paint Lewis in that negative light. So some things they accused Lewis of um, taking money from his client's insurance premiums to fund his lifestyle and to keep his real estate business uh, going. But an informant told an FBI agent, quote, the stories concerning Lewis's personal life are being manufactured to dirty him up mm. in order to make it appear the city didn't lose too great an aldermen. And so many saw this as a political murder, like I said, because he wouldn't follow um, orders. The only sort of good thing that sort of came out of this is there's a street like named in his honor. Oh, oh my God. About it. Like nothing was really ever done. Um, and people are still curious. There's a great ProPublica article that like really like um, calls out like some of the cops that they think did it and really focuses on those mobsters that I mentioned and how like that's where he thinks like uh, the guilt lies. Yeah. I that was interesting. But that's the story of the unsolved murder of Chicago alderman, Ben Lewis.
0: I love it. I love this idea. Like, it probably could be both. He could be a really good alderman and cares about the people and does all these things for the community and also run around and do all these kinds of things. Like yeah. you know, He could I mean, be both people. Yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately, one's going to catch up with the other. Usually the bad yeah. stuff is the one that gets, ooh, Tina, you know, yeah. I'm a Chicago baby. I know, a little murder yeah. mystery. <laughs> All right. Let me move my screen around here so we can look at. My I know screen.
1: now I'm full screen. So now I get to. Relax.
0: <laughs> this is so weird to do it. And, you know, I keep looking at myself. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it.
1: Hi, I'm Shannon. I'm Jamie. We're married with television, MarriedWithTV.com. We are a couple of Hollywood normies on the outskirts of the film and TV industry, and we talk about our favorite TV shows, music, and movies, and sometimes they talk back to us.
0: Sometimes they do.
1: Our podcast is Married with Television, one word, on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud.
0: Possibly Amazon soon. And we are a proud member of the Odd Pods Media Network. Married with TV. MarriedwithTV.com. Well, girl, you know, I, you know, I'm bitter as hell. You know I can't let shit go. You know, oh. I gotta keep going. So today, ooh, ooh, ooh. I am going to cover US house rep from South Texas, Henry Cuellar, Yeah. Who I talked about last week and mispronounced yes. his last name. His last name is spelled C-U-E-L-L-A-R. It's pronounced Cuellar, And no. he is. The last pro-life democrat in, get the him out. in the house. Get that wonderful little yeah. progressive woman.
1: Jessica Cisneros. Yes. yes, Jessica
0: Cisneros, who I will talk about as well. But I thought, you know what? I want to get
1: her on Lil Monk. Yes. I think we may have emailed her like last year because doesn't she hold she's like active?
0: Yes, she's yes, 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 yes. So <laughs> I want to talk about this guy because, uh, this episode comes out on May 18th and I believe it's May 24th. I have the date later on in the story, but May 24th is their runoff. They just had, oh, please um, just. yeah. So or it's, it's their primary. So they just had a runoff because there were so many. Yes, and I saw different. that. I saw and the that. Two of them had the most, it's like 800 votes is the difference yeah. between two of them. So they go to a runoff and it's going to be, oh, May 24th. please let her
1: win. I mean, I yeah. feel like now with all of the, um, yeah. Issues with women's uh, reproductive health and rights, abortion, and all of this—like, yeah, she can win. I think she can, and and I also also think that I hope this is where we we fling into the progressive wing of the party. You know what I mean? That's what needs to happen. This is this is—it's enough already. I hear
0: you. So let's talk about this guy because he is confusing as hell, girl. He confuses Uh, me on issues. I'm like. "Hmm?" So, OK, Cuellar was born in Laredo, Texas, the county seat of Webb County, the county seat of Webb County in South Texas, where he resided most of his life. His Mexican-American parents, Martin Cuellar Sr. and Odia Perez, a native of Zapata, Texas, traveled as far as north as Idaho each year doing migrant labor until Martin found Ooh. work as a gardener and ranch manager in texas um with eight children the Cuellar family lived on reynolds street in the las lomas neighborhood of the heights area of laredo and his parents spoke no english okay and and so there's there's parts of this country you can go to and never have to speak english like this is south texas it's close you know what i mean so the the community there Nobody really same thing in, in Miami, there's Cubans who have been here for 60 years, they have never spoken English, they can get around yeah. Hialeah and, and, and Miami without having any issue whatsoever. Yeah. I've gone to Hialeah, I went into a Walgreens once in Hialeah, and the person was talking to me in Spanish. And I was like, yeah, no, like, it's the first language there. Like, there's English is yeah. not the first language in Hialeah, which is great. It's an yeah. immigrant community. That's yeah. what America will do. Yeah, do what you do. Do whatever kinda, you do.
1: I have to say, I kind of like that, and I wish um, that that would have stayed. Like, I would, I, I would love, like you know, Little Italy, where everyone's only speaking yes. Italian, or Ugh. you know, wherever it is where people just felt like they could just really keep
0: yes. their culture. heritage, and their yes.
1: language, and their culture, and not have to assimilate. Like I it, it sucks. Like it, I, we would be
0: so much richer. Mm-hmm. As a country. I agree. I agree. So he received an associate's of arts degree from Laredo Community College, where he later taught courses in government. He then attended the Walsh School of Foreign Service at Georgetown University and graduated cum laude with a bachelor of science degree in foreign service. He also earned a master's of arts in international trade from Texas A&M University, uh, international university, a Juris Doctor from the University of Texas School of Law, and a PhD from the University of Texas at Austin. So... Oh. Very educated, right? Um, he opened his own law firm in Laredo in 1981 and became a licensed customs broker in 1983. And from 1984 to 86, he taught at Texas A&M International University as an adjunct professor of international commercial law. Wow. So he served, him. yeah, he served in the Texas House of Representatives from 1987 to 2001. Wow. Long fucking time. And he represented he most is. of Laredo. So, so he's he a long
1: time politician. Yeah,
0: yeah. So move out the way way for someone else. Move out of the way. Hi. So during his 14 years as a state rep, he served in leadership positions on the House Appropriations, Higher Education and Calendar Committees. He also served on several national legislative committees dealing with state budgets, the U.S.-Mexico border and international trade. In 2001, Governor Rick Perry appointed Cuellar to be Secretary of State, and he served in the office for just over nine months until he resigned to run for the u.s house and as of 2022 Cuellar is the last democrat to have served in that role so remember we all know rick perry yeah he, he likes to disguise himself in those those black glasses now like oh my god we concept. see you we, we know who you are head. we know you're rick perry we can't hide you big dummy remember how dumb he was in those those presidential debates
1: oh my god i he mean was so much
0: joy <laughs> so dumb so compared
1: to some of these yahoos that we have running now that conspiracy
0: theorists. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean, he was just dumb. He didn't believe in crazy. He yeah. tried to convince you of it. Yeah. Um, so in 2002, he was a Democratic nominee for the House of Representatives. In Texas's 23rd congressional district, and he loses to five-term incumbent, a Republican Henry Bonilla, 52 to 47 percent, and it was the closest race that Bonilla had ever faced. In 2004, he spent much of early 2000 for the 2004 race. He spent much much of early 2003 preparing for a rematch with Bonilla. And the 2003 Texas redistricting, however, shifted most of Laredo, which had been the heart of the 23rd since its creation in 1966, into the 28th district, represented by Ciro Rodriguez, who was a Democrat right so okay. now he's got a kind of shift uh Cuellar does a lot of what he I mean he's a Democrat
1: mm-hmm. right. but now
0: his his district is becoming He's going to run for has been redistricted to be more liberal I'm
1: I'm I'm, I'm sick of these redistricting like oh yeah just get uh uh we've talked about this before get people in who are statistic you know statisticians am I saying that right That's- um <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, people who who are trained to know how to do this and make it equitable mm-hmm. and be done with it. Like it should not just be like the party in power. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life yeah, well. on either
0: side. You know what I mean? This is what happens when you give power to people. And again, I've said this before on the podcast as far of my fifth time saying it with, with, with redistricting. If the Democrats were as fucking conniving as Republicans were when, the, when they had power and could redistrict, maybe I'd be OK with it. But that's never what happens. The same thing with like stacking the courts. Every time about stacking the courts, Biden will never do it. But guarantee the next Republican uh, president will stack the fucking court. Like they will take advantage of the things that they can do. They've already stacked the it. courts.
1: Trump yeah. filled in so many damn seats. They want more. Which is why we're going to end. Why, why when um, we, we lost that thing on appeals in the state of Florida for the voting rights, mm. because, you know, we have judges that are appointed by that nutshell, those hundreds of judges. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he was a Trump appointee, but oh, by the way,
0: those seats. while we're talking about that, I don't know if you saw this, but the first judge who was a Trump appointee um, the, the 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 redistricting maps in Florida. he oh, yes. threw them out, and he said they're unconstitutional. So, so 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 uh, you know, ding dong, DeSantis uh, is... is going to appeal it. So who of knows course. who the next judge is? But this judge was like, um, I don't fucking think so. It's completely yeah. unconstitutional, which is why it's such a fucking waste of time that they spent so much and time money. Doing this. and, and money and money and money. not oh, by to the way, I don't know if you know this, but our Secretary of State yes, just I was going to say that. There's oh, no, an he election here in three months. And the Secretary right. of State who's in charge of that yes. just resigned. Now, and why guess who do you he think she a, resigned? I guess, think? Who, guess, who, guess who he put in charge? Yeah, a fucking total a QAnon conspiracy theorist, Cord Bird. Proud, or Proud Boy. heard Bird or some fucking Well, movie. associated with the
1: Proud Boys. Yeah. And his wife yes, in charge of uh, education.
0: They're QAnon she, people. She is a whole a real uh, conspiracy the theorist. This In is part like, education. Tina, this She's an is idiot. like it's like I'm sorry. It's okay. But conspiracy like, theory people like get get your head out of your ass. It's like you signing up to go teach at a school and the day before school starts, you're like, yeah, I'm not gonna be there. And yeah. the school's like, what the fuck? We got to get a teacher, right? Yeah. This, this lady's like, peace. Like, what is it do you think that they told her they need her to do? She was oh, like, I'm not yeah, doing it. Like, and they said, it. give us your fucking resignation. Yeah. Something was going to happen with this election coming up. I can't,
1: I can't. Let me I say can't.
0: something. Whoever the Democratic nominee is and goes up against DeSantis, I don't know about those, those results. Unless it's a fucking landslide for DeSantis, which is entirely possible. If it's close he's going to have somebody call that for him. I mean, something fucked oh. up is going to happen. I,
1: right? I really I mean, I think that I, I, maybe I'm being naive, but I really think Nikki Freed can do this. Oh, I think so, too. I think that if we just give her a chance, she is so I love the spitfire vibe of nikki freed like she just says it how it is and we need that we need someone to keep calling
0: them out calling them out calling them out calling them out speaking of nikki freed i don't know if you've noticed this on her twitter but she's saying it everywhere she has agreed to five live debates on tv charlie chris will not debate her because he will not agree to this he's afraid why would he like? this? And he gets to just walk in like
1: we as constituents deserve to hear people who are running for office. We should be able to hear how they You debate, know why. Well, how they stand on the issues and we should be able to that like it should not it should be required. You it's should the, be required
0: so that we absolutely. can understand. But it's the are. optics. It's yeah. the optics. Think about what it looks like. With Nikki Freed, young, youthful, yeah. beautiful, smart, fire, right. intelligent, it's, it's standing Nixon next to this old Kennedy. grasshopper, It's right? the Nixon-Kennedy thing. Yeah, that's why yeah. they don't want to fucking do it. She said, yeah. dust off your fan. I know. It's <laughs> a great Charlie Chris joke, by the way. Everywhere he goes, he's got a little tiny fan underneath yeah. his podium. One time he wouldn't go on the stage when, to debate Rick Scott because there was no fan under his podium. I mean, what a baby. What a baby. He's a queen, honey. He's a queen. So- <laughs> In this new district, Cuellar had to challenge Cyril Rodriguez, who was the, the dem in that in that district, uh, who was a former friend of his. So he had to challenge him for the nomination. And he won the no- dem nomination by 58 votes. And The Washington Post described this campaign as, quote, nasty, with Cuellar de- uh, claiming Rodriguez was an AWOL congressman. This is somebody who was his friend. Um, while Rodriguez called Quayar a political opportunist, which is exactly who he is and who Charlie Crist is as well. Um a lot of them yeah the initial count which is very clear the the most clear the clearest way you know that charlie chris is a political opportunist is he changed his fucking party like three times i know and so i want to play devil's advocate here i feel like if somebody
1: (laughs) wants to change a party and you know that you don't have to be like locked in like maybe something happens and you're like you realize wow i i I made this i'm just thinking of um you know, Emerson, where, you know, being, you know, where where you can, you know, speak your truth one day and that the next day it contradicts everything you said the day before. If that's your truth today, speak that truth. Like, I want to, I want to give people that leeway. However, I feel like we can recognize like what this
0: is kind of about here. First of all, (laughs) I would understand, I would say, okay, maybe, maybe, Right. If it didn't happen in the middle of a fucking campaign, no, I know, I know, right? I know. Like he was the he was the Republican nominee for that U.S. Senate seat. Marco Rubio like, was bye. clearly winning, and says, oh, "I'll Maybe I'll win this way." Like just clearly because he was yeah. not going to get the nomination, he changed. Yeah. That's fucking insane. And I think the only reason he became a Democrat is because when he hugged Obama on that fucking airship yeah. that day, Republicans turned their back. Yeah, they, on they him turned on and him. And he was like, "Well, this is the party that will take me." Yeah, you know what I mean. So I don't think no, no, so. you're right. You're right.
1: You're right. Otherwise,
0: I hear you because listen, yeah. the party's extreme. Both parties can be a bit extreme, yeah. but the Republican Party is insane right now. And so I don't blame people for like changing their Trump party ship either. and like, yeah, I get it. Want to leave, I get yeah. it. Okay. So um uh, quote, Rodriguez filed. A, okay, so the initial count gave Rodriguez a 145 vote lead, but after a recount, Cuellar led by the 58 votes. And there was a uh, quote, Rodriguez filed a lawsuit questioning the eligibility oh, of God. hundreds of voters. A state appeals court ruled against Rodriguez, guaranteeing Cuellar the nomination. And Cuellar's victory was only one of two primaries upsets of incumbents from either party in the entire country. And the 28th district leans far more democratic than the 23rd. And Cuellar's victory in the general election was a foregone conclusion. So he goes in November and he wins the seat. So now he is a congressman. And uh, some of his assignments, he was on the Committee for Appropriations and the Committee for Homeland Security. And he was a member of the after school caucus. I have no idea what that is. Congressional Hispanic Caucus, Blue Dog Coalition, which, by the way, I looked up. Do you know what the Blue Dog Coalition is? What is that? Those are for centrists, right? So you're in your party, whether you're Republican or Democrat, but you're in the middle. You're not right, right. You're not to the to yeah. the, to the left or to the right. And you advocate for military spending. <sighs> <sighs> Why would they need a coalition for that? We have like, so that's much the number money that those. We spend we have- all our money on the military. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm okay. sick of it. Uh he was on the United States Congressional Inter- International Conservation Caucus, the US Japan Caucus and the New Democrat Coalition. And he was easily reelected in 2006, 2008, 2010, 2012, 2014, 2016 and 2018 like like, wow. barely a Democrat would run against him and they would put a Republican against him and it was like a blowout. Like, there's no coming up there, right? But now we get to 2020, right? And then on January 11, 2019, the progressive organization Justice Democrats, which supported U.S. Rep. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, successful 17th yes. primary campaign in New York City, announced that it was seeking a primary challenger against Cuellar in the Democratic primary scheduled Good. March 4th, 2020. So they went out to recruit... A democrat oh we don't know what that means i What's know, mean? I
1: know. That's why what would I'm we saying. do that like,
0: can we just can we just all just become the progressive dems yes but why would we go out and do that why would the democratic party ever look for somebody to run against quayar why would they do that he voted evil he, vote, he only votes with republicans he's against fucking abortion but he's okay we're going to keep him here because he's reliable he's yeah the that they know you win over a fucking 12 year and, period and and you know, they can get him back there in- and
1: if he's been there for 12 years he's probably wheeling and dealing yes with people oh. and they're like oh we need yeah. him because of this bill and we need him because of this like yes. so they already have shit in mind that they know they can count on him for yes. and a new person is uh especially if it's like an amazing AOC yeah. type person yeah. who yeah. will call people out
0: even within the party mm-hmm. they don't want that they don't want that And this is what I'm dying for. I want to see this everywhere. Me too. Me too. On July 13th, 2019, the Justice Democrats organization announced its support for Jessica Cisneros, who at the time was a 26-year-old immigration and human rights attorney from Laredo, where he's right here to see this, who had announced a primary campaign against Cuellar. And Cuellar defeated Cisneros. 51.8% Fifty-one point eight percent to forty-eight point two percent, and was reelected in November twenty twenty. A difference of eight hundred and fifty votes. It's nothing. Eight hundred and fifty votes. Yeah. So, I always, I, I'm not really a big fan of like putting the person back up the next in the two, two years later. But she was so close that it's like yeah. she's got name recognition in the community. Now you yes. got two years under Trump that she they can talk about yes. how Trump and he's still pro life. Like we've got enough to see. And
1: again, in. again, you, he can be pro life. For his own personal yeah. whatever belief that is, yes, but that's not everyone's belief, and 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 he shouldn't, as an elected, mm-hmm. impose that belief. Like I, I just this is and all and we keep talking about it. It really comes down a lot of the times back to religious. They're religious. Yes. It's what it is for him, you know. And 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 you are not allowed to have your religious beliefs dictate someone else's body.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, there are so many atheists in this country. And I feel like the younger generations really are, are really moving away from yeah. religion. And now they're going to be trapped under laws from these people, you know, these old
0: people that are ahead of them. No, no. So no. in 2022, Cuellar, which is what just happened uh, a few weeks ago, Cuellar finished first with the plurality in the Democratic primary tally, 23,552 votes over Cisneros who had 22,745, oh 807 foot like, difference, but it's right close there. enough. The percentage is close enough. I think it's like within 5% that yeah. it kicks into a runoff. So now their runoff election is May 24th. It's six days from today. Oh, I mean, I don't know if Tina would like this. We have people I, in I Texas. We have listeners we in Texas. Please go vote. Go Please vote. Go, go to, to, tell, tell people if that you know, know to right vote. Out. Yes, yes. And uh, also go to Jessica Cisneros for Congress.com and give her some money. They yes. are There are really great organizations dumping a lot of money emily's list planned parenthood the justice democrats are dumping tons of money into her campaign but compared to the hundreds of millions of dollars that corporate democrats and people like nancy pelosi who who ad, go out and advocate for this guy who come into town and all the old fucks are like nancy's here yes. they fucking love it and if nancy it's touches it. you with her golden finger there's a good chance but 800 votes is chance. a lot 800 votes is enough and and with with what has happened last Sunday with Roe v. Wade's is going to be overturned. Maybe that's enough too. Like This is going to be a very That's what I think that's ways to see if that actually affects people because maybe it could affect someone like a Chippewa who is very pro-life in a very blue, blue uh, district. So I don't know. So I want to read a quote that Cisneros, I think it was the Monday after um, that Roe v. Wade thing uh, draft was leaked. She went on her Twitter and she put a video up, and she calls out Dem leadership. And she's like, hmm. "I am running against the last pro life Democrat here." This is how she started to get a bunch of attention, and and Pelosi, of course, going to town to with Cuellar. But um, she's like, "I'm asking for Dem leadership to denounce him and not endorse him." Like she's literally saying to them, hmm. "This is not right." So here's one of her. This is a quote from the video. Quote, at every turn, my congressman has stood in opposition to the Democratic Party agenda from being anti-union to anti-choice. And with the House majority on the line, Cuellar could very much be the deciding vote on the future of reproductive rights in this country. And we just cannot afford that risk. End we can't. fucking This is not okay. So I want to tell you a little bit about some of the issues um with with Cuellar and where he goes back and forth because immigration is a huge one for him it's like he does the one thing and the next thing he's something else and I'm like I don't fucking wait, and was it. It, wait didn't you see that his family were like mar- migrant farmers yes Mexican American his parents were Mexican American what is he doing I don't know that's what I, I'm telling you it's just so fucking weird besides that like just even I'm gonna read the back and forth where I'm just like I'm confused where are you where do you stand you know um, I mean he did come out and say quite a few things against Trump and how Trump talked about Mexicans. I mean, he was on the right side of all of that. But when it comes to votes and bills and, and legislation, it's very bizarre. That's where it, but that's where it counts. That's where it matters. Right. You can be the mouthpiece, right? You could be a talking head all day yeah. long. Yeah. But if you're not
1: pushing the button and you're not voting for the right things, it doesn't matter what you say. Yes.
0: Like crow about Trump all day. Who gives a shit? Like you're not helping. Put your money where your mouth is, motherfucker. Yeah. In 2011, Cuero was the author and one of two main co-sponsors of legislation seeking to honor slain ICE agent Jamie Zapata. So Zapata was an ICE agent who worked on the U.S.-Mexico border and he was ambushed and murdered by the Mexican criminal group Los Zetas in San Luis Potosi, Mexico. Um, And so it became but it became a it was billed as a border security bill, and it would increase cooperation among state, local and federal law enforcement agencies during investigations of human and drug smuggling from Mexico. So it becomes something else. They sell it as we're honoring the slain ICE agent, which, you know, I'm not yes. for anybody, you know, he's no. in the line of duty. He should not be. Especially reversed. from a, a
1: gang that, you know. No. Yes.
0: <laughs> so you, but he, but then in the bill, it's all this other right. shit. So it's like, oh, you don't support ICE. You don't support the police. Like if yeah. you don't vote for this, you don't support this slain officer. But in the, in the bill is just garbage. And that's such fucking bullshit. It's that, that, that fucking uh, twist of words. And the, and you know what I mean? Language Yeah. It's so fucking horrible. In 2013, in a statement with House colleagues Beto O'Rourke and Fiamon Veya Jr., Cuellar renewed his opposition to a border fence along the Rio Grande between U.S. and Mexico, and he and he denounced inclusion in the Senate immigration bill of an amendment sponsored by Senators Bob, Senator Bob Corker and John Hoven that called for 700 additional miles of border fencing, calling the fence an antiquated solution to a modern problem. Okay, so he's not for border fencing. Okay, Okay. the fence he said ignores the economic ties between the two nations, which reached five hundred billion dollars in two thousand twelve. I think that people really don't get the amount of money when when Trump says "fuck Mexico," we're going to put a wall up. The billions of dollars that from, from trade and everything else right. labor that goes in between these two countries is insane. And so you can't just, you know, it's like saying the shit about China. We have so much money on the line that we, we are in debt to China. Yes. It's fucking insane to me that we could be like, Bafangu. like what the yes. fuck you can't do that. You can right. literally can't fucking do but it. But they do it just for the sound bites. You know, you know what I mean? Marco Rubio with China Big uh, big with him. Um, in 2014, Cuellar was the only House Democrat to vote for a bill that would have made it easier to deport unaccompanied minors to Central America. Again, what? So you're you're not for the fence, but you're like, get them all out. Like, it's so It insane. doesn't make sense. He also released unauthorized photographs of unsanitary conditions in Border Patrol detention centers, like to bring attention to it. Like, okay. Okay. That's good. Despite these actions, Cuellar said he firmly supports, quote, comprehensive immigration reform. In May 2015, Cuellar called for 55. This is very interesting to me. Very interesting. In May 2015, Cuellar called for 55 more federal judges to handle the overload of 450,000 immigration cases. There were 206 such judges in 58 courts and 28 of them serve in Texas. But there's no immigration uh, judge who holds court in Laredo, right, where, he, where Cuellar That's is. Cool. Um, but many of these, many of those people were awaiting hearings and were held in detention centers, and not or released on bond. And so many of those cases that were on bond never come back to their hearings, right? So people come into the country, yeah. they're let out on bond, like okay, go out and then come back. They never come back. And so right, he's like, we need here. Yeah, we need judges here, or they're going to get sent back, right? But they're you know. So yeah. he's like, we need more judges so that we can get people out of detention centers and send them back to where they're supposed to go because we let them out on bond and they disappear. And I think, you know, he said that South Texas and Laredo needs these judges and I don't disagree with him. You know, the immigration system is fucking broken. It is broken. And I, I work for a construction company and we have had plenty of employees come to us and work for us. For more than a decade, and we help them every step of the way to write letters to the judges, to their attorneys, to help them. The amount of money these these people, these folks, have paid to attorneys and into the system to get their uh, their their green cards and get their their um, immigration status to be to become citizens of the United States. It's a decades long process that costs thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And if you're lucky enough to work for an employer and you have your work visa, like people will help you're you. able to do those things. But, like, it's insane, the process. It should not be this fucking hard for people. It really shouldn't. Bullshit. Hmm. So, on July 23rd, 2015, the occasion of Donald Trump's presidential campaign visit to Laredo Cuellar said that Trump had, quote, overgeneralized and exacerbated a rhetoric of immigrant crime that has offended many, particularly those of Mexican heritage, end quote. Cuellar added that Trump's meeting with border officials provided an opportunity for him to view Laredo as a, quote, culturally rich and safe border community, end quote. Cuellar was one of three Democrats to vote for Kate's Law, which expands maximum sentences for immigrants who re-enter the U.S. after being deported. Why? Just, you know, deport. I don't. Why are you? What? expand yeah. them. He supported legislation, excuse me, I'm spitting. He supported legislation to strip federal funding for jurisdictions that have sanctuary policies in place. Sanctuary cities, he wants to take money away from them. I don't I don't yeah, he's very, very this is a very weird thing. I I know. He probably has a very particular view on what immigration should be. Right? If you punish like the people who come people in. should come in and yeah.
1: and then if they are I don't know Kate's law and I don't know why they're being deported if they're being deported because they've committed a crime or something like that, maybe that would be a different issue. It's, it's complicated.
0: It's a very, very complicated issue, but it's something that we really need to get a hold of. And it doesn't help that we had a president for four years who was so criminalized America first nationalist that made this all really, really bad, you know? So uh, legalizing marijuana in 2020, 2020, Quare was one of six House Democrats to vote against the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act to legalize cannabis at the federal level. Why? I
1: mean, yeah, at this point, there are so many states. And I think that it's an issue that when you have so many states that are now legalizing it, but it's on the federal level, it's not like it causes a problem.
0: Are we And about not only month, that, but,
1: yeah. but that the um, marijuana is like in that first class, like they still have it listed yeah. as like the same level of narcotic as like heroin mm-hmm. and and cocaine. Yeah. Which, you know, they know now that it's not um that level of drug class, but it's still like that. And so that's like an immediate mm-hmm. felony. So it's really putting a lot of people at risk, especially in I would imagine, communities like his.
0: Yeah. Um, in 2014, he was the lone Democrat on the House Appropriations Committee to vote for a measure blocking the implementation of Washington, D.C. decriminalization law for marijuana. Cuellar was, has also repeatedly voted against the reuerbacher Far Amendment, a legislation that limits the enforcement of federal law in states that have legalized medical can- cannabis. So this is what we talked about with Nikki Free, where she was suing the Biden administration. Right. Uh, it was about we have medical marijuana is legal here. And people want to own guns and on the federal level, they can't right. get their gun license and it's not OK. And, and so, yeah, it's like what you said. We've got we have problems now. with States are legalizing it. Yeah. So other issues were Cuellar rejected the first House bailout bill, which was voted down. But back to the final version that passed in the fall of 2008, uh, 2008, when Obama just became president, the banks were fucking collapsing. And we had to do that. I he remember voted, he voted against the first one, but then eventually voted for the full the full thing. He was also one of twenty seven Democrats to oppose the House Financial reg- Regulatory Reform Bill, a top priority for Ob- uh, Obama. Again, this is when the banks were failing, and we were trying to make sure that it never happened again. Oh, he do not want to vote for that. Yeah, they don't because well, they don't care. Yeah. On June twenty six, two thousand nine, Cuellar voted with the House Majority to pass the American Clean Energy and Security Act, also known as the Cap and Trade Bill. He also supported the Affordable Care Act. Uh, For America Act, which narrowly passed the House and in December 2009 met the threshold for shutting off debate in the U.S. Senate by a single vote. In February 2020, Cuellar was one of seven House Democrats to vote against the Protecting the Right to Organize Act that would overhaul labor laws. I mean, why would he vote against that, especially where he's living which I would imagine, By the way, that's a, like, like we said, like, like Cisneros said, this is a democratic value. We are pro-union, yeah. yes. we're pro-labor law to protect Hello, the uh, all the people who want to work nine to five, Yeah, it was unions that did that. In March 2021, he was the only Democrat to vote against it again. And in August 2021, Cuellar joined a group of conservative Democrats dubbed, quote, the Unbreakable Nine. Who threatened to derail the Biden administration's 3.5 trillion dollar budget reconciliation package meant to address the nation's physical infrastructure and social safety net?
1: You know, and I know everybody talks about that, but I I have to say, with that act, build back better. The build back better, but with that act, yeah, the amount of jobs. Because what what do we spend our, our our we pay our taxes because we need to fix our roads, we need to fix our bridges we, you, you can't just let that stuff go because then something bad is going to happen. Yeah. And that is a lot of jobs. Yep. That's a lot of jobs for people. If you're doing that across America and you're fixing all of this old um, infrastructure, yeah. it's providing, especially people in our rural communities, in our Midwestern communities who are desperate for industry because different industries have gone by the wayside. Like, they But they don't want to think about that because it's right. all about everything is optics, 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 optics. And they don't care about our country.
0: Yep. You're absolutely right. So abortion. Mm-hmm. Uh, as an anti-abortion Democrat, Cuellar expressed concerns that the Senate health care bill allowed federal funding for abortion. He has voted for a ban on abortion after week 20. On March 21st, 2010, Cuellar voted for the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act, which passed the House by a vote of 219 to 212. Uh, this also remember was from my recollection, I should have looked it up first, but my recollection was where they, um, take money away from, uh, any organization that provides abortions. They start to like defund. Yeah. Um, defunding Planned Parenthood and all that. Yeah. in 2021, in 2021, He was the only Democrat to vote against the Women's Health Protection Act, which aims to to preserve access to abortion nationwide. This is, again, what they just tried to pass in the Senate this week, and they failed because they're fucking losers. The act was proposed in response to the Texas Heartbeat Act, which bans abortion after six weeks in Texas. House Majority Whip Jim Clyburn, whose name I also got wrong last week. Because I really, I got to tell you, I'm not a fuck. I don't jerk off to these people. All right. I kind of, I called him Clyburn climber. I don't know what I called him last week, but he can go fuck himself. He's a number three house dem. And he said this week, while in Texas with Cuellar, Jim Clyburn said, quote, we have a big tent party. And if we're going to be a big tent party, we got to be a big tent party. I don't believe we ought to have a litmus test in the Democratic Party. Yeah, you I think, should. I think we have to bring as many people into the party as we possibly can. End quote. And then he said, "Quote: Would you rather have a pro-life Democrat or an anti-abortion Republican?" End quote. That's the question. And here's the thing. These are our choices, Jim Clyburn. Yeah, are these are choices because, yeah. from what I know, there's a goddamn dynamo, twenty-seven-year-old yeah. Latina human rights attorney, progressive woman yeah. who is pro-choice. Yeah, who's running against him, and that's a choice. That's it's a not choice between Cuellar and a Republican. Right. You have somebody you in this race to run against him, but you're too fucking lazy to do the work and endorse this this woman. That's the fucking thing: is you're lazy as fuck, and you'd rather go with the old reliable, which is what the Democrats do, instead of taking a choice and actually putting it on the fucking line and supporting yeah. somebody who actually stands and imagine, up for our values.
1: And imagine if they did. And imagine yeah. if they did.
0: What would the fucking Senate and, De- and House look, look like? like right and if now, they want to be a big, big
1: tent party, like we're not bringing in young yeah. people with antiquated ideas, we're yeah. not. Big tent party
0: is how we lose. And I've talked to a candidate candidate running here for a Florida house seat here, and they were saying to me that it is mind blowing how many different places they have to go to present themselves as a candidate. They have to go and kiss the ring of people in clubs and caucuses all over this county that are people who have been in power in these clubs and caucuses like I said earlier for 30 years and if they you walk in and they don't know you they're like who are you who are who am I who the fuck are you just because you've held a a, a position as a volunteer in a Democratic Club or caucus you're nobody you are right. fucking nobody. And people who are really good candidates owe you nothing except they want to fucking do best by their community. And they're they're qualified and they're talented and they deserve the fucking seat. But they got to come kiss the ring of some old motherfucker who retired here 30 years ago and got involved in politics and just so happened to like fall into a position. And they it's, think they know what's best. It's ridiculous. I mean, fuck you. fuck it's- you
1: ridiculous
0: make room in the fucking tent for good for good people who are young and and want to you know who wants to run for fucking office You know somebody who's who's (laughs) as extremely intelligent and talented as jessica cisneros wants to run yeah and you want to tell her no are you out of here they should be uplifting her and the whole money situation
1: is a problem yeah this guy you said has so much money and this is where again election campaign finance reform needs to happen because it's not fair that someone is pushed out of an election because they are young and they don't have maybe the ability to raise a hundred million dollars like someone who's been sitting around for 14 years. And that's not how our government should work. It should not work that whoever has the biggest treasure chest gets the seat.
0: And this Jim it should Clyburn, be capped.
1: Everything should be capped. Everything should be yeah. equal, and it should be fair across the board.
0: This Jim Clyburn, this guy who's the House ma- a majority with, if you look at the corporations who donate to him, the same corporations donate to fucking Quayar. So when those corporations say to you, "Get your fucking ass down right. to Texas and stump," they're going the go to they, the they want they the money. That's why we're losing there too. Well, and right?
1: that's why. That's why um, you know when candidates say. That th- that their campaign is a grassroots campaign, and they're only taking these the money from the people. Like those are people I trust more, absolutely, because they're like people are giving money to them because they trust them in some way, or they really believe in them, and they're not going to be beholden yep. to some corporate entity that wants you to vote on some bill in two years, right? You know, like exactly. if that's not how our politics should be working. Absolutely. And it's all and and that was all Republicans of getting more and more corporations involved in the political process and getting religious entities involved in our political process. And it's destroyed the political process in America.
0: Yeah. So a quote, I wanted to find a quote from him uh, about about abortion. And he has said, quote, as a recently as a lifelong Catholic, I've always been pro-life. I do not support abortion. However, we cannot have an outright ban. There must be exceptions in the case of rape, incest, oh, and danger okay. to the life I'm of I'm sick mother.
1: of it. I'm <laughs> sick of it. I'm sick of it. I am sick of it that, that a woman who has been assaulted, like, okay, then we can feel sorry for her. But any other I, it's. I'm done. I am done with this whole
0: thing. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. Well, I just, you know, I got to say this too. I want to remind everybody that being Catholic is not an excuse to be pro-life. I am Catholic, I'm pro-choice, I'm pro-woman, right. I'm pro-reproductive freedom for women, and according to Pew research, as of last year, 56% of Catholics favor keeping abortion legal. 56% there's, of Catholics. Yeah, there's Catholic actually women, and Catholic women take birth control. Catholic right. women are support abortion. Catholics Which are all sins according to the church. Yeah, but you know what? But there I, is um there, really is a group, there is a group, uh, and
1: it's, it's Catholic women for abortion. There yeah. is like an organization within sort of the, the, the umbrella of Catholicism yes. Absolutely. And women under there that, Here's the that, thing. that, that exists. Here's but the thing. unfortunately yeah. SCOTUS, who are all these damn judges? They're all extreme Catholics on there.
0: All of them yes. are Catholic. Yes. But I, I don't, I hate this idea of like, yeah, this is an excuse as, as a Catholic, that is not yeah. an excuse that I fucking, uh, that I, can I be sure your personal, pay. like yeah. have your personal thing, but you can't and, push absolutely. that on. You and I think that it's really fucked up that someone comes out and says that, and, you know, growing up as a Catholic, I, I, I still identify as a Catholic and I would even our children, we raise them Catholic. Cause that's what my ex-husband really wanted to do. That's his that's his gig. And I'm like, cool, fine. Because I grew up Catholic and I could like see the ways of the church as I got older. But every fucking Sunday, we took these kids to church until COVID happened. And I was like, I'm not going to church anymore. But we took those kids to church every single Sunday. And the second somebody from the pulpit mentioned abortion, I grabbed my purse and I walked the fuck out. And because when I was growing up, that never happened. You would never go to church and hear about anything that had to do with abortion. It was uplifting. It talked about, it like kicked off your week to have faith in the world and gave you a little bit of a fucking boost to get the week as a child. That's how I felt as an adult going to the Catholic church. It's not the same anymore. And as soon as they would come out, I'd be like, I, why am I going to a church where they're talking about abortion? It's inappropriate. One of the churches we went to had in the back of the church on a table, The gestation period of women in the womb, like a model. Now, what the fuck is that doing? Why is science? Why is that in the church? It's not science. No. What's it doing in here? We don't want you to see. They want you to see what a baby looks like in the fucking church Mm. they had that, Tina. No. fucked up.
1: Not to mention that the Catholic church for decades Mm. has paid off people who have been molested. Yeah. They've not protected children. They just move their priests around. Yep. They sweep everything under the rug, and you know when you're putting your money in the collection. And I'm saying this as you know a recovering Catholic that um, when you put your money in the the collection box, like you're putting money in that fund that could then end up paying off uh, uh, people who've done really horrible things. Yeah, and the church I feel like still has not reconciled with that. Um, they still um, cover things up and. I it's, it's, it's challenging, but I grew up in a similar way, but my mom was a cafeteria. I've said this before. She's a cafeteria Catholic and you, you pick and choose the things that you like, but my mother was always pro-choice. She would say for me, I'm pro-life, but I would never take that choice away from someone else. Yeah. And that's fine. Have your own belief, but don't dictate that. This is where we have to start taxing the churches. Absolutely. You open your mouth on these issues. you got to pay. you got to pay. You can't have it both ways.
0: No. So finally, uh, an FBI investigation. Current. Current. Oh. On January 19th, 2022, the FBI raided Cuellar's Laredo residence and campaign office and removed several items, including cases and at least one computer as part of a federal probe relating to Azerbaijan, a country that has been criticized for its caviar diplomacy. I don't know what the fuck that means. Caviar. Oh,
1: money, 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 yeah. money.
0: So on January 21st, 2022, a federal grand jury issued subpoenas for records relating to caviar his wife, and at least one campaign staffer concerning, quote, anything of value, end quote, that they may have been offered by a certain business leaders or foreign officials, and quote, any work, favor, or service, end quote, that Uh they may have provided at the behest of a certain foreign government officials, businesses, or others. Okay.
1: Wow. Why is he still running? Why is he still running? Yeah. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? He's going to win. Say he wins. Say he wins against uh, Cisneros, right? And then and now all this shit comes
0: out. Then he's out of the damn race, and now there's a Republican. A of speech. Speech. Yeah, what okay. are we doing? So, so here's the thing. Uh, so this is so we still don't know the end of this, but as of April 13th, 2022, Cuellar's attorney Joshua Berman said, "quote The Justice Department has informed me that Congressman Cuellar is not a target of the investigation. He continues to cooperate fully in the, invest- in the investigation." End quote. Oh Something around him up. is right. Something and, is coming out. Yeah, and Nancy he needs Pelosi to get has out. said. So people said like, how are you supporting this guy's under investigation by the FBI? She's like, no, I still support him. He's not part of the investigation. Like she's uh, still defending him. How about,
1: how about, um, he takes some time to deal with the mess that he's embroiled yeah. himself in and let someone else take the wheel.
0: Yeah. How about that? How about that? It's fucked up. This if is he, not, I, I'm, he- I'm telling you if he
1: wins and then in three months, he has to step down. I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to lose my mind because the writing is on the wall. Yeah. The writing
0: is on the wall. There's another quote that I I I, I forgot the name of the company, but there was this company that was, they call him something because they give him talking points and they give him so much money, but they just give him talking points of things to say in support of X, Y, Z or whatever it is. And they, they just think he's great. He's like a puppet to them.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, if he's involved in this uh, caviar diplomacy, these these are people that are like, have the caviar, have the champagne, have a nice trip, have this and this. And we're going to lobby and we're going to talk and we're going to schmooze. Give me a break. There is something shady afoot. Yeah. Yeah. And he it's going to screw constituents over because he cannot see past himself.
0: Here's the thing that's really funny too is this is one seat that we know about. Like this maybe be this might have been a, a seat we never heard about until this Roe v. Wade thing came out, right? Like we mm-hmm. never would have been aware. We don't know what's going on in South Laredo, Texas. I don't even right, know. Right, but, right, right, right. Some
1: small like, community. Yeah. How many
0: other Democrats are they coming out and stumping for that they shouldn't be? That yeah. we don't know about.
1: It is so gross. Yeah. It, it is, is so like,
0: gross of my so fucking good. mind about this race, but I wanted to talk about him. So Dang, yeah, I 24th. love this. We're attention to that to see what happens. That'll be a Tuesday, right? And, yeah. uh and then we can talk about talk about it on the next on that episode. But girl, I love it. Yay! Oh wait, I hear
1: an echo. Do you? Oh no, I don't. Oh. I thought I heard like an <laughs> echo. <laughs>
0: I got to tell you, I hate, we've done this before. And I, I hate the audio. When I go to edit the audio, I'm like, Oh God, I just hate the way it sounds. So there's much- gotta
1: be a way that we don't know. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure there's a way to make it better, but we just don't know. So forgive us.
0: Yeah. Forgive us our One episode <laughs> as we forgive those. Oh no. Yes, Cortina. Yes, for,
1: forgive have- us our, our audio trespasses. And <laughs> <laughs> be sure to follow us um on all of our socials follow us on tiktok our tiktok oh, is about Tina. talk about tiktok oh my god so i made a mansion tiktok i made a mansion t- i have so many people that just like say really horrible things so you should go on there and say nice things about us
0: yes, yes please. and
1: we would have made one this week because i have a funny one that i want to do hold on that's my child again being loud so um in a few minutes so sorry folks this is zoom life
0: yeah
1: um but yeah we're on there and i we're getting more followers and um and what how the, the mansion video how
0: many how many views did you have the in?
1: mansion video doesn't have that wait many what's the comments?
0: one that you said was blowing
1: up oh so i had okay hold on i've i've been trying to do like one so we have one. Oh, one is the, uh, Amy, uh, Amy Coney Barrett. Barrett. Yeah. that's the one. It has like 150,000. Yeah. And people are stitching with it. It's very exciting.
0: <gasps> I don't know what that is. But it awesome. at- <laughs> yeah. um, oh, is that when they watch your video and then they react to it on their side? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But it's
1: mainly about like what the quote is, mm. you know, cause I put that quote about, um, oh, yeah. the, the, baby um the domestic babies. supply of infants. So yeah. people like flipped out about that. Yeah. So go on there. And I, I wish we could have seen each other today. Cause I wanted to do one with us, but we're trying to figure out. The, the social media thing and seeing to get some traction to get more listeners. So hopefully yeah. if you're a new listener, yay. Um, but please share um, and continue to share the podcast with people. We really, um, we really would appreciate any support you want to give us.
0: Yay. All right. Well, that's it. Yeah. Okay. bye. bye. <laughs>
1: If you want to see any photos or take a deeper dive into our stories, please follow the episode notes on our blog at themuckpodcast.fireside.fm, and be sure to follow us on Instagram and
0: Facebook at themuckpodcast. To support the Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support and different goodies for each level: Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do this without you.